0: good morning or should we say good evening my name is cory bosman alongside austin baker what's up everybody this is talks with boss podcast partnered with football kentucky dba and we are joining the 24-hour kickoff special brought to you by espn louisville how you doing today austin
1: man i'm good this is exciting college football is back I'm ready to get to it.
0: Now, are you saying that because you have to sound excited to talk sports on the radio, or are you actually
1: being serious when you say that? No, I'm excited. I, we waited too long for this, and it feels like after the season ends, it feels like it gets longer and longer in the off season before it comes back. But uh, nah, it, it's time to get to it. So let me ask you this: What do you think about
0: Satterfield's overall time at U of so far? Before you give your thoughts, I'm going to point out a couple things. First year was phenomenal. I'm know how phenomenal but like it was phenomenal in the sense of like how much he like overachieved
1: nobody thought he would have went eight and four let's face it he was he was handed a a trainer i mean (laughs) the last regime did not leave under you know great circumstances and didn't leave a uh, didn't leave a clean house (laughs) definitely
0: not and if i'm not mistaken didn't satterfield win like Some, like, ACC Coach Award or ACC Coach of the Year or something. So, it was that year that he won that. Okay, so, you have the first year exceed all expectations. And then you go win ACC Coach of the Year. And then it's almost like, from a fan standpoint, wouldn't
1: you say it was a catastrophic drop of success? You know, you don't... You don't know what to, how to picture it, because you go from that year, then you go to the COVID year. You don't really know what to think of it. Has it been roses? Has it been perfect? No. You know, obviously, it's not worst case scenario. Right. I guess not yet. Right. Um, Has it been underachieving? Maybe. Uh, Come on. maybe. Maybe. Let's, let's be honest here, though, man.
0: Like, you know without a shadow of a doubt that it has been somewhat underachieving. Do you think, before we get into uh, this coming season, do you think the issues, the whole situation with South Carolina, do you feel that weight on him mentally? And by that weight on him mentally, you think that affected the team's performance on the field it's possible I mean,
1: the, I mean the players definitely uh they take that to heart i'm sure um maybe he got to talk to him behind closed doors we don't know which i'm sure scott did yeah he seems like a great human though honestly he does um and in the scheme of things it, uh, i mean look you see the way college football it's a business now <laughs> with nil i mean these players got you know it's a business now yeah
0: it is you know, one thing before we get, go further, I will say about South Carolina, I know he went kind of wrong about it, cliche-wise, but when you think about it, the issues with his family and the unfortunate passing of his father, it makes perfect sense from a, not from a coaching standpoint, but from the standpoint of, at the end of the day, he's, he's human and he's somebody's child. So, a child always wants to be there for their parent, and especially when it's a very serious time of need. So, for me personally, from the outside looking in, I don't blame Scott for wanting to leave in that respect once that news broke it made all sense to me
1: we never know what any of us would do in that situation right in the heat of the moment at that time Uh, that's in the past I think I'm sure he's answered. He's answered the questions he had more so than he wanted to. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he's talked to the players um, and the future. What he's doing with the future so far, the recruiting class and all that seems right now that he is focused on being uh, at Louisville long time, um, and that's is that we'll see after this season. (laughs) <laughs> I
0: like how I like how I like how you recovered yourself there, though. For a second, <laughs> I know for a fact I could see the look in your eyes. You wanted to say long term, and he's like, "I hope I don't stutter." It, you just made it work. I've seen that. I've seen that look. So you go from eight and four. Where's it at on here? They what? What the last? Hold on, give me a second. Oh, well, like, the last two years, they, what, won six games? We're going into his fourth year. Overall, he's 18 and 19 at U L. Going into his fourth year, he's only had one winning season. Now, like you said, everybody gets gets a pass for not being successful in COVID. You know, let's face it. Um, I'll throw Kentucky out there for one, one instance. You know, their basketball team did so horrible that COVID year that year they got beat by Robert Morris it looked better then you know I'm just using that as an, a play by play example of no matter everybody gets passed not everybody's good at that yeah you know so you pulled it up okay yeah 18 and 19 and then
1: last year so do you even count COVID year overall or is that pretty much just a wash to you I put it as a wash just in life in general right Um. I think we had bigger issues than uh, college football I, I applaud college football for trying to put a product out there for us um to I guess quote unquote entertain us or to, you know, give the the players a chance to extend their futures and their careers. But uh but it's also that year, you know, was there you go from eight and five to four and seven. It was eight and five, I thought it was eight and four. No, it
0: was eight four. They lost a
1: whatever bowl game they played in. But yeah, you're right. Like you said,
0: it's a wash. So what do you do as a fan? Do you like give a pass on that and then realize like okay, this is technically only his second year out of four? I mean statistically you gotta count that, but as a human do you count that? I mean, you have to, though. I mean, it, it yeah, is. What yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: we, there's no secret about it, Scott Satterfield. This is, and it's it's all around the nation. We know that this and probably probably the nebraska job we all know that this is uh, we're going to decide this year the L will decide if this coach is going to stick around or not um cuz uh, the fan base honestly from the outside looking in the fan
0: base as a whole and the university has been very patient and very compassionate and very understanding with him what's going on in his life and what's been produced on the field. So basically what you're saying, it's more or less kind of like, in your perspective, put up or shut up kind of year. Is
1: that a, a seven-win season and you get to stick around because of what you got coming in? Maybe it is. Uh, you know, I was, listen, earlier in the summer, I was like, this guy's got to win seven to eight games yes. to be here. Absolutely. He's put together this recruiting class. Now it's a different recruiting class uh platform now in the world with the NIL uh is this does the head coach even really matter in the recruiting process now you know because that NIL will always be there yeah it, no matter you know the head coach is there or not like uh, the NIL like Do we do also work. do we also take uh take the route of uh other teams and and be a little bit more patient and let it let him build this and, and you know you got to wait for success maybe 3 3 to 4 years but here here's the thing you can't Compare that. It ain't even about comparisons.
0: Louisville football is then wasn't Kentucky football until Kentucky the last six years has just blown it out the frick water compared to what they've done the past 50 years. If anybody knows about patience, it's Kentucky football fans, you know. But at some point, Louisville for the last 15 years, 20 years really, have been very prominent and dominant in the sport of football. Have another seven to eight, like lackluster years of football, or do you go find somebody? You get what I'm saying? I'm not saying that Scott's not the guy, but if you have another six and five, six and six season, what do you do? And then you gotta hold on one second. Then you gotta figure out how many of those Flyville twenty three guys actually stay. Arguably one of the greatest recruiting classes on paper that University of Louisville football's had in quite some time. Is all that predicated on the success of this year?
1: You know, um <laughs> that's, that's, that's the question we're gonna probably be asking week in and week out, uh after every game, during the game. That's that's going to be the the hottest topic and unfortunately that recruiting class just so happens is fallen uh, the year after the one of the biggest questions in probably UFL uh coach and search history forever um you gotta have you gotta be bowl eligible Stick around now, four or five wins, and you just go out there and lay another goose egg, or <laughs> it's uh, just mediocre football, you know, it's just not exciting. Then, yes, maybe it's time for a change. You know, uh, just keep the NIL deals out there because uh, that's what it's all about. That's how that's, that's the recruiting game now. You almost don't even need a recruit, no. I mean, I, I, guess I mean, you, you do, but yeah. like you don't have to as much because all you got to do is I work. think, as long as you got that <laughs> Pierce Clarkson still coming to Louisville, that's our number one recruiter right now. The quarterback from Cal California. Yeah, that
0: kid's definitely been recruiting. <laughs>
1: yeah, I will say that. Let's just make sure we attain him, no matter what, and uh, let him be the recruiter. No, but it's just it's going to be the question week in and week out. No, it definitely is. It it, it definitely is.
0: So I want to I want to touch base on I'm reading here Louisville this this coming season is having a record. Setting number as far as amount of players added to the Senior Bowl watch list. Seven players. What do you think about that?
1: Seven players. That's a. I mean, that's an impressive number. Uh, It it shows a little excitement to how this team's been built, and uh, I guess how this team has, uh, especially with all all the talent that we've had on teams in the past. And this is the you know record number for uh, for a preseason Senior Bowl watch list. Seven players. It's gotta it's gotta put some excitement in it. You know. Now you go out there first game against Syracuse and you lose. <laughs> Let the air out. I guess it all just depends on that. But, yeah, yeah. seven players. I mean, of course, you know, you've you got to start out with the quarterback, Malik Cunningham. That kid, that, man. We're no stranger to Malik Cunningham. No. And I say kid, and he's a full-blown adult. But
0: I say kid because I'm closer to 40 than I am 30. <laughs> so, anybody that I'm 15-plus years older than. Yeah. And it's no slight or no sign of disrespect. You know, I, I just – yeah. it's, it's nature. But that kid, man, doesn't – I know – what people see on the field isn't what they want per se. But I think I sent you something let me look it up. I sent a picture to you earlier of like statistically like how like great and how dominant Malik Cunningham actually has been overall in his career. He's uh let me see what what's this I feel like
1: he's the working man's quarterback. You know, he's been around, he he's gone through He's gone through the lows. The lows have been lows. You know, there's been some highs. There's been some excitement. But the lows ain't been that high. He's, I feel like he's the. Working I mean, the highs man. ain't been. You get what I'm saying. He's been the working man quarterback. You know, yeah. he, he's I feel like he's been here a long time, <laughs> thanks to COVID. And uh, yeah, he, he like I said, I, I consider him the working man quarterback. He, I feel like he's what uh, Louisville represents you yes. know the the working class people out here we're hard workers we love the city and i feel like that's what malik uh, cunningham's all about um he's put this town he's put the university he's put the football team a lot of games on his back and sometimes been out there running for his life
0: so let me let me stop you right there because it makes me think of a game from from last year it was november of last year when if any year Louisville would ever been able to beat Clemson, it was last year. Prime time night game. What was that situation? They had what four tries on the ten or twelve yard line to get the ball in the end zone, and they couldn't. It was something like that, or Malik Cunningham ran down the field and stopped when he shouldn't have, almost kind of like James quit his fiasco when Jackson was there. Come on, man. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's kind of comparable, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still having nightmares about that. You know, no shade of James Quick because James Quick, for the folks out there that don't know, was a phenomenal all-natural athlete in high school and in college. Was a multi-sport athlete at Trinity. Yeah, flourished at Louisville until that play. At some point in time, like, you know when you should and shouldn't go out of bounds,
1: right? Yeah, again, that's the pass. It's... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so what I'm saying, though, is like, aside from that moment when Malik did something that, you know, everybody... Everybody could sit there and say, you, you should know better. But until you're in situations like that, how do you really know how you're going to react? How do you really truly know what you're going to do? You can't fault the kid for that. Yeah. We're all human. We all make mistakes. But I, I think that game was the... Clear shot of when Louisville had a chance to beat Clemson,
1: but again, that's uh that's another. I think Malik putting this on her back. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. That's why had, I brought that up. Maybe he put he had, too much pressure on himself. He had 22 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. He was 12 of 20 for 174 yards that game.
0: I mean, what more could you do? <laughs> you
1: know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got to throw it to himself. <laughs>
0: You know, man, like, those stats right there are a prime example of people don't remember what you did. They remember what you didn't. Why? Other than, like, Drew Deaner, Blake and Baker, Maven, and them guys, nobody else has really talked about those stats. Like how much more his good outweighed his bad in that game. Throw him a freaking bone here. Like you said, he had to throw it to himself, practically. <laughs> Not saying that there wasn't any other athletes on the field, considering how much he actually had to do that, that game and all season last year. Do you feel that Malik faces too much criticism or unfair criticism? What would you say?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a split down the middle. Unfortunately, uh, there was, you know, uh, a few years back, uh, a Heisman Trophy winner, I don't know if you remember, by the name of Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah, <laughs> that guy. He did a few things here. The guy that the Ravens are ultimately going to get ready to screw, probably. Yeah. He, he did a few things here, uh, a couple games. So, and I mean, Malik has stated that before. You know, he you know he kind of gets annoyed and tired of the comparisons. Comparison. There's probably always going to be that. Uh, hey, you didn't do this. You didn't. How come you don't do this like Lamar does? Because I'm yeah. not Lamar. Like <laughs> I'm not
0: Lamar. Yeah. And we all know Malik isn't Lamar. But let me, Malik. I said Malik. What was that name? I said Lamique. Way better than people give him, truly give him credit for. And I think he's better than he'll ever get the credit for. It. Yeah. And I, I feel like he doesn't get that credit that per se he maybe should based upon the amount of pressure that he faces with all the stuff that you were just talking about as far as the amount of stuff he puts on himself on top of what everybody else puts on him.
1: I'm excited for the season that he can have this year. Yes. Um,. Yes the season that we expect him to have this year. I'm excited for that. He's got so much talent on that line this year. Of those seven players on the senior ball watch list, two of them are on the line. Uh, one's an AP preseason All-American out of Caleb Chandler. Say that name ten times fast. Caleb Chandler, Caleb Chandler, Caleb Chandler, Caleb Chandler, Caleb Chandler. Caleb Chandler. Look, I just... <laughs> I can barely say it the first time we got this South End accent out here. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being from the South. But you know the the negative thing
0: about that is people when you say you're from the South End, people automatically assume you're poor. <laughs> I know that seems a little abrasive. But coming from two true South Enders, you know that you know that's automatically... Like, why do you automatically assume I'm broke or I don't have money because I'm from the South End? You know that's how people think.
1: <laughs> I, I think they assume it because you brought it up without anybody even asking. <laughs> well, okay, prior to here, but I'm saying, you know, out there anyways... But look, you got I mean, like a two two of the seven players into the senior bowl watch list are on uh that offensive line. You got a uh AP preseason All American on the offensive line. I mean look at all that meat. Caleb's actually just under six foot five and right under three hundred pounds. So that's the center would, Brian Hudson, six yes. four, three hundred and one pounds, red shirt junior, Donna Spoon. Six five two ninety four senior. I mean, you've got size. You've got some size. You got some meat up there. Uh, yes, and they can they can rotate all around. I mean, you, even the even the uh, we're looking at the depth chart here. Uh, the guys behind. Those starters are, even look like they're ready, and I mean, there's some experience, there's some size. So, like the backup
0: right tackle behind Renato Brown, Renato Brown, 6'4", 3'11", redshirt sophomore. Michael Gonzalez, six foot four, three hundred and three pound sophomore. I mean, Malik.
1: Them two guys equal twelve foot eight. So Malik Cunningham should, I mean, hopefully and expectantly have some time back there to showcase what he can do and have the season that we expect him to have. I, I mean, I'm excited for him. And then the the running backs are as strong as ever. That depth chart in the running back is as strong as ever. Uh, and then, actually, speaking of the, the line, of course, we have... Why uh, is Marshawn Ford listed as a running back? Well, he's kind of an H-back. He's going to be like the
0: tight end and... Kind of like the flex type. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. the uh, offensive line coach Nick Cardwell. He he was at App State, where uh, App State ranked seventh in the nation in rushing, and was, okay, it was top fifteen in fewest sacks allowed. Really? So that offensive line has a coach, you know, coming in, you know, kind of a young guy with some pre- pedigree, with some pedigree, and, and has been successful in other places. You know, right. uh, you can't rush. You can't be a top uh, top rushing team in the nation without <laughs> the big guys up front. Blocking for you. I mean, we we talk about it all the time. It's just, I mean, we talk about that's why the Alabama running backs are so successful because of all those all those big boys up front. They got but guys my size. We can say no I can shape. run. I can run behind that line. <laughs>
0: You could try to run. <laughs> you might be able to walk behind that line. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think about this defense, man? I'm seeing over here uh, the outside linebacker Yazir. Let me see if I can pronounce that last name right. Senior Abdullah, the six foot one, two hundred and forty pounder outside linebacker, had ten sacks last year, um, yeah, which is led, pretty impressive led, considering the uh, lackluster overall record year that Louisville had. That's uh, that's pretty impressive there. Yeah, ten led, sacks
1: led the team, and uh, I think that was the I think that was the most sacks uh, since. I want to say 2016, 2017, it's been. been. Something like that, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's just – he was all over the ball. I mean, if you – if you were out there at Cardinal Stadium uh, during the games, you heard his name mentioned over the over the intercom a lot.
0: No, you definitely did.
1: Um, yeah, the defense is—I uh, think it's improved. It's so—it's. I mean, it's all—it's great. And then you got one, two, three, four of those senior bowl list guys on there, and um, one of them actually on a depth chart is, isn't even a starter, which is great. Uh, I mean, I, I guess he's a—he's a senior, so he's going to put on a three hundred pound nose tackle, um, uh-huh. Jermaine. Um, so that's going to be. I mean, you, and then you look at the uh, look, look at the defense in Yaya Diaby, then the linebacker Yazir Abdullah, and then you look at the uh, the middle linebacker Momo Sinago who is an Ole Miss transfer. If I'm a starting quarterback. Or, uh, another team coming to play Louisville, and I get my depth chart of that week. Of both your depth def- chart.
0: both your defensive ends are six foot four. Um, Mason Reger, I'm pronouncing that last name wrong. Number ninety five is six four two fifty, and then number six Yaya Diaby is six four two seventy. Like you said, if I'm
1: seeing that, I'm just
0: like son of
1: a. Well, well, if I'm if I'm seeing that, and I, I'm seeing guys, three guys named uh, Yaya, Yassir, and Momo. <laughs> I'm gonna be scared, dude. Those sound—they sound like some hunters, man. They sound like—they sound like they'll tear your head off, and they will. Oh, I know they will. F- These are some football players, dude. They're gonna get down. They're gonna get down there and attack you. That's and, uh, that's
0: that's pretty funny. I they, like that, and
1: it's exciting. The defense is. It, I mean, there's some excitement around this defense this year. The middle linebacker Monty Montgomery's back. Who's he? You know, he had the uh, the ankle injury. He's got some swagger in him. He's he, all he definitely's inter- got some swagger. All sure. his interviews uh, this summer. <laughs> He's a fun player. He's going to be a fun player to watch, and I hope hopefully he uh has a healthy year and we get to see what he does ben perry uh is a red shirt freshman gets gets the nod at the outside linebacker uh, six foot two 200 pounds i mean now
0: that seems kind of like like small or skinny i guess for a person's height at six foot four but 200 pounds ain't small i mean that's some
1: yeah and i'm sure it's I'm sure the
0: 200 pounds is zero is <laughs> so percent. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's definitely got some more muscle than fat on that. Yeah, definitely. Like he's not like I'm 206 pounds. He's not my 200 pounds. <laughs> right. Speaking of 206, could you imagine how unhealthy I'd look if I was that small? <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we. I mean, seriously, think about that. I would look unhealthy, even though I'd be unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, there was. Uh, I was always wanting to be a professional wrestler when I was growing up, and then, like you know, I'm, I'm five foot eight. You know, I'm a small guy, <laughs> so I would look at the other small wrestlers, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I'm like all right, these guys are small. How much do they weigh? Like 210 pounds. Was like all right, I got to be 210 pounds. Finally, that. But I'm not that. that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I'm the wrong 210 pounds. Yeah, the reverse. But there is some. There's definitely some excitement on this defense, and you got. You know the uh, defensive coordinator, which is also the associate head coach, Brian Brown, who came over with Coach Satterfield from Appalachian State. Um, now, how
0: long has Coach Brown been at U of L now? Four
1: years. He came over with Scott. Satterfield. Okay, so the, so let me ask you this: This will be his fourth year.
0: If you have another year, like we said earlier when we were talking about Coach Sky, what do you? If it comes down to getting rid of somebody, do you get rid of Brown if defense doesn't perform, or do you get rid of Satter? Or do you get rid of Satterfield? <sighs> that comes a question because i've talked to fans and a lot of them told me more so often than not the defense although has got a lot of talent has underperformed and at the end of the day if any time product on the field underperforms talent or not it falls on the coach
1: you know it's the coach's fault you know on tv or or in real time it might look like they underperform but actually under coach brown in three seasons uh the the defense improves every year yeah um it, well, when he took it over, it was near the bottom of the country. True. Um, and in 2021, uh, Louisville, they doubled their interception total from uh, from 5 to 10. Cornerback Patrell Clark uh, earned all ACC honors, uh, which he's back. He's, uh, he's one of the uh, seven seniors for the preseason senior bowl watch list. Yeah, he's back. Um, so, the defense has improved. I, in real time, it – it's it might have, well that's what I'm saying. It's might look frustrating.
0: You've been at some games when I've been at games, and like you just said, it could be frustrating. But overall, now
1: I've also heard the chatter. I was like, "That's what I'm I've saying." I've heard the chatter. Yeah, you know, um, you know, uh, it even goes as far as jokingly as like, "What does he got on Satterfield? <laughs> to keep, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if, if that's true or not. I, I that is just ridiculous to even think. When it comes down to it, after this season, when we sit down or whoever sits down with the coaches and we think about this season if it's time to either clean house or somebody's got to go for somebody to stay you might have that might be the first person to look at is you know coach brown the defense coordinator side
0: although that is probably more so true than not he can simply be like hey each year statistically in prime categories numbers have improved if not and then you doubled gotta say and this, everything.
1: Then you got to say this is the fourth year and I'm I mean there's some excitement around this defense too. I mean you got an Ole miss transfer at the middle line by you so I mean you got got something. Yeah, you have got this should be the year that the defense is like okay, yeah, we you right. know it's back, you know. So let's talk
0: about the Kickoff game for this year. It's against Syracuse. I know that excitement that we heard, which was none. It's a joke. <laughs> reminds me of that movie scene in the movie Major League. Get a load at your Cleveland Indians. <laughs> and the two baseball announcers are up upstairs trying to make up for the lackluster of noise from the fans. I know it doesn't sound. The matchup doesn't sound exciting, or what some people say, sexy. But who gi- Who part of my French? Who gives? Who gives a poop emoji? Let me say that, you know. I don't know with the time frame that this is going to be heard at. Yeah, sniffs at bad words. But I'll say poop emoji. Who gives a poop emoji? It's college football. And that's exciting enough. Because I love baseball, but baseball isn't as exciting. Yeah, I mean... It, yeah. I'm sorry. No we had a no disrespect to baseball. Louisville baseball does phenomenal. Have, I'm speaking in general.
1: I was talking to a guy. He stopped me, which I wish people wouldn't uh, stop me in public to talk. Well, isn't it uh, <laughs> nice to know that somebody actually cares? <laughs> But, you know, college football, it's back this weekend. And, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, we had some games last weekend. it's like, those don't count. I mean... <laughs> Week zero, like how <laughs> deflating! Like, think about this: you're
0: excited college football. You're known as a team that played in week zero.
1: You know we had. So what does that mean is that a scrimmage? I think Florida State played in week zero. That's a prominent name. I think we had North uh, Nebraska versus North, North Carolina Western. played. Nebraska Northwestern over in Ireland. Um, Scott Frost did his thing, which I you know I don't care about any of that. But I didn't care until uh, Will Compton. Who I'm pretty sure went to Nebraska, but there's a TikTok going around, and that look—that's what made me uh, care about college football week zero was TikTok because that's it's 2022. But Will Colton, he's got he's got a I guess he's got a, a a podcast, but he was going down Nebraska's schedule. He's like that's a W. He's he's got him starting out like 10 and 0, and then losing to Wisconsin, and then beating Iowa. Like so, he's got him going 11 and 1. So I looked at the comments. And I had no idea that uh, Nebraska Northwestern's game was over, or I, I probably didn't even know what day it was. <laughs> but uh, Nebraska lost to Northwestern. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. right off the bat, you know, it, that's why I started caring about Nebraska Northwestern because, and you know, it's not—it's not, it's not hate. I don't hate uh, Nebraska. I, college football might be cool if Nebraska was good, if they were back and was relevant. I have no chips in Nebraska. I have no chips against Nebraska. But as soon as Will Compton puts out... You mean out, corn. Yeah. As soon as Will Compton puts out a, a video of them going 11-1 and 1 and they lose to the Northwestern, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> now I am. Now I got chips at the brand. But, like, I just, like... Corn chips. <laughs> right. There you go. I know the
0: parentheses official start of college football... It's starting this coming weekend yeah. when Louisville plays Syracuse to kick off their uh, ACC season and stuff like I remember, that. I remember
1: growing up, uh, the first game was th- uh, Thursday night.
0: Yeah, but, like, <laughs> how, how like how deflating is it really? Like, it has to be truly deflating for a team to go through all that, all the preparation, not even really get looked at. Like, <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, they're even on ESPN saying week zero. Like, why? <laughs> College college has preseason games the, now. The,
1: the number zero is a popular number now in college football. You see, player, ah. you see players all over with the number zero on the on the back of their jerseys. So you know, maybe they they went along with it. It's popular for Nick Saban. He's got a lot of zeros now. <laughs> but yeah, the kickoff for Louisville this week, uh, Syracuse.
0: 41-3, Louisville beat Syracuse last year. Let's see the breakdown. First quarter, Louisville last year against them scored 14. Second quarter, they scored 21. And then they scored 3-3. and I don't know. Well, I'm sure. That's a very... Yeah. I'm uh, sure Louisville pulled. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm but doing. like, come on now. Let me get another six or seven in there. <laughs> but uh, they definitely dominated Syracuse tenfold 41 to 3 last year louisville's largest margin of victory in the rivalry is by a whopping 46 points and that was on the 18th of november of 2017 when louisville won 56 to 10 louisville's smallest margin of victory in the rivalry you have to go all the way back to 2009 on the 14th of november when they won 10 to 9. total points scored so far in the rivalry louisville has scored 605 points averaging 30 in a quarter. Now, I know I probably should have said quarter,
1: but quad just sounded cooler. I got you. I probably should have just said 25, actually. I got you. And, you know, uh, last year, Malik, he, he really enjoyed playing Syracuse. He was 13. How much? 13 of 18 for two hundred nine yards and four touchdowns. Uh, ended up with five total touchdowns. Um, so, he uh, – of course, that was the uh, Lamar Jackson retirement. Retiring the number game.
0: Yeah, I was actually there at that game yeah. on the sidelines. It was yeah.
1: freezing. <laughs> it was
0: miserably cold. See, that's when it pays to be like me—be a little overweight—and then you get <laughs> compensated, and you're like not even that warm, not even that cold. Yeah,
1: I remember that. But yeah, we—I mean, we we come out, and I mean, Louisville. There's some excitement. This is the year. A lot of questions are going to be asked. A lot of questions need to be answered. Do you feel? Let me ask you this. We got to come out and just. As a diehard Louisville fan, are you tired of saying that? Ever since
0: Lamar Jackson's left, are you tired of saying this is the year? Well, I mean, sometimes you go – you got to – I mean, how do you think Kentucky football fans feel prior to Mark Stoops, though? I don't though? care what Kentucky football fans I'm just saying. saying. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't care what Kentucky Listen, listen. I'm just saying. This has nothing to do – Imagine how many times they've said it prior to Mark Stoops. And I don't care. That's a human being. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't care. I could care less. Right, but like you said there 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 is high expectations and with high expectations could potentially come uh results that a person coach would not like just depending on uh, what they do. you know the the overall record home record for Louisville against Syracuse is eight and two their away record is five and four. Their first matchup you have to go all the way back to 85 and they got the crap kicked out of him by Syracuse. And lost 48 to zero. However, if you date back the last 10 matchups from October 2011 to November. Uh 2021 Louisville was 8 and 2 the last 10 matchups against Syracuse. Yeah. So with the excitement being built, the excitement behind the defense, the success of coach Brown, how he's improved in some important statistical categories each year on defense. Factor that in with the last 10 matchups of an 8 and 2 record, and I think that's that's a reasons that's reasons to be excited about though. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we as fans expect too much
1: or unrealistic sometimes with stuff. Uh but I mean, I'm sure we do. You know, we we go out there and you know, you you pay your hard-earned money, and at the end of the day, at win or lose, you gotta go back to work on Monday. But yeah, um, I mean,
0: it it really is the longest win streak Louisville's had in the overall series. Their games against Syracuse is four games, and that was from 2014 to 2017. Now, I know sometimes you see those numbers, and you're like, four games, 2014 to 2017, that's only three years. The way that the calendar of football season is always it's weird. So that number is right. The longest losing streak Louisville has had against Syracuse is three games.
1: Yeah, but here recently, you know, Louisville's been all over Syracuse. Uh, Definitely. they've uh, They've won every... Uh, matchup except for one in 2018 uh, since ACC play uh, and the last two victories uh, last two Louisville victories over Syracuse has been a combined score of 71 to 3. Mm. Um, Syracuse is their demoness, uh their biggest home opener uh, in the Dome era. Wasn't McNabb in the Dome era? Well I mean yeah but you know your, your opener you usually you usually play in week zero <laughs> <laughs> Ah a little pun on words okay yeah, you're usually playing a week zero team. So, um, you know, Louisville comes in. Syracuse got a chip on their shoulder. They're, they've been beaten up at Louisville the past uh, couple years, and right. and they're tired of being beaten up. But I don't, I don't see, I, I see that. Right. So, what do you think? Okay, let's
0: look. Let's look past Syracuse. Other well, than you should,
1: you should look, shouldn't look past anybody.
0: Well, I'm <laughs> saying after the games play, Smarty Pants, you got U F C or U C F, pardon. Part of me. And you're back home with Florida State. How important? I know Florida State's down, but like, that's like, that's a major game on the schedule. That's yeah. like.
1: Well, I mean, you, you look at, again, this year with the full of questions, every game is a major game on Louisville's schedule, is a major game for, on Scott Satterfield's ticking clock.
0: It's definitely a ticking clock for Scott. And then you you flash forward. I mean, you got some tough battles in the ACC. Then you got to travel down to Clemson in November. What's your thoughts on that? You know,
1: I, I look at the schedule, and um, hey, at least we got James Madison. That for sure is a guaranteed up. I look at the schedule and I I could see where we could squeak out uh, eight wins. You know, it's, it's eight wins. That's not uh, that's not uh, unrealistic. No, not at all. I mean, this Louisville team—it's it, ready for eight wins. I, I think it definitely is. The, the line's ready. The running back depth is uh, is—it's changeable. It's interchangeable. Right. I hate to say it. If one goes down, I think we you know go into the next one. Next man, next man up. up. Mentality, I mean, yeah. I guess it's probably been a while since we. We've There's had the
0: ability that. to have that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Malik's got to, you know at all costs we got to have Malik back there. Right. I mean, I, and I'm not I'm not knocking the uh the backup, but you know, he's we don't know him right. Um there's some question questions at wide receiver? Uh there is. As far as depth wise. Depth, yeah. Um this team could definitely win eight wins or win win eight games. <laughs> and um and I think that's what's expected. You know, season.
0: Marcus Marcus Maybin I was listening to him. It might have been today or that show he has with Steve Rummett. And it might have even been Steve saying it, not Marcus. It was either one of those guys. Marcus or Steve said this, said the following. Eight wins is not unrealistic at Louisville. Yeah. There's no reason you shouldn't win eight. No. Every year, consistently. Yeah. I, I
1: think a seven-win season, seven, six-win season should be a bad year <laughs> a little. Yes. It should. I mean, it, uh, you look at the players of the past, the coaches of the past, they've done a lot. They've put their heart and soul into this university, into this program, to get it to where we were, you know, s- sitting out, just loving life. Right. <laughs> it was fun to be there. And... um I just want to get back to that so bad. We're craving it. I don't know if the fans are craving it. Uh, so
0: let me ask you this: talking about getting used to as a fan, and I'm sure the whole fan base overall. And I don't
1: know if that this. I don't. I, you know what sucks the most about this first game? It's an away game, right? Yeah. Actually, the first two are an away games. Yeah, UCF is away too. So just think if we just fall apart in one of those games. If we go one and one, if we come back home, I mean, is the energy there? It's got to be for Florida State Friday night primetime. I mean, yeah, yeah, it has to be. But you lay an egg in one of these first two games. Is the energy going to be there at Cardinal Stadium? Just for like, if you if you open up first game of the season at Cardinal Stadium, of course you know the energy is going to be there because we're Craig football. It's back. We want to be there. We want to see the new line systems to get alcohol faster. <laughs> Do you think they'll actually incorporate those? <laughs> the energy's there, but you go out there and just so happens. And I hope I'm hope I'm wrong. Knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I'm, I'm wrong about the weather every day. I, I was the energy beat come game three, come week, quote unquote three slash four. If you want to count week zero. Week,
0: right, 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 right.
1: So, so let me ask you this. That's going to be the name of this week zero.
0: Week zero episode. W, episode
1: week zero. W e a k.
0: Yeah, week not week. Do you feel okay? So you're talking about excitement and energy being there. I, I don't know what that was. Let's say uh, Louisville wins one, and then they lose a close battle. Now, although you've lost one, you didn't get blown out. You didn't lay an egg. It just so happened, it just didn't go your way. Would you say excitement's still there? Like, ah, oh, okay, they get they fought hard, but you know they just didn't come out on top. I don't. Or think, does it even matter? A loss
1: is a loss. You know, I don't think fans are. I think fans are smart. They're smart enough to see that if it is a close game and they see improvement within, that they're like, okay, we're we're turning the turning the direction. I don't I don't do it against Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> now if, UCF, if you do it
0: against UCF, that's understandable because the last several years UCF has has had a decent amount
1: of success. I mean they're a good program. I don't know what. I haven't even looked to see what twenty twenty two. Uh, shows for is them.
0: Is that, uh if I'm thinking correctly, uh isn't that where Josh Heifel, the old Oklahoma Sooner quarterbacks, the head coach at?
1: No, Gus Nazone is the head coach of Central Florida. He was uh, with Auburn. Then why
0: am I thinking Josh, who, who's Josh, I don't know why I thought he was a coach. No, you, are,
1: you, no, you, uh, I definitely laid a neck on that. He owes you money or something. I don't know. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry there. Yeah, Josh Malzahn's a... Uh, uh, Josh Malzahn, Gus Malzahn. <laughs> He's some guy down the street from me right now. Just like, what the heck, man? <laughs> so, but a lot of people
0: don't talk about UCF like, okay, their second game. Gus is a national win- championship winning coach. Yeah, but I mean... It don't matter. He's got a ring. Yeah. But I mean, what? He won one... Battling in the SEC. Now, granted, who his quarterback was in college, that definitely plays a part. You know, he's still got that. So, like, you got to worry about that game. Now, let's say you do win both games. You don't lay an egg. How much excitement do you think Papa. Sorry, I almost said what I shouldn't have said. Do you think Cardinal Stadium. Would be able to hold the
1: excitement. Oh yeah, it's it's held all kinds of it's it's held bigger games and excitement before that. I mean, you look at college, the first college game day against Florida State. Speaking of that, you actually made a top ten. You you actually made a what was it a top ten uh, for signs of the year that year? ESPN did the top. I guess I, I don't know how many there were. I guess top twenty-five, top twenty signs of the year that year. I was number nine. What's your sign say? Uh, uh, my wife thinks I'm taking out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Which I had no idea that that was from uh, uh, Chappelle Show. Honestly, is it really? Yeah, I honestly didn't. I thought that I made it up. I, I didn't really We're watch, at
0: from Chappelle's Show is it? Uh,
1: Ashy Larry. I got told that over and over again. Like, you stole that from Ashy Larry. I was like, I didn't even really That's watch That's not even
0: it. his real government name, but I whatever. Like, I
1: was like, I didn't even really watch Chappelle yeah. Show. You know. <laughs> but, anyways, yeah, the excitement will be there that Friday night uh, against uh, Florida State. And. Yeah, it'll be exciting times.
0: Okay, so let's say you beat Florida State, you're you're three zero. What a lot of people aren't even talking about is after Syracuse, you play three different Florida teams: UCF, Florida State, and South Florida. Like that's a lot, <laughs> all in itself. Then you got Boston College in the first weekend of October, Then you got Virginia, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, and like you said, the what should be for sure win James Madison and then you got Clemson NC State and at Kentucky I want to talk about that for a second. We,
1: we know we know who Desmond Howard picks in the Pittsburgh local game did he pick Pittsburgh <laughs> he picked Pittsburgh to go to his final four his or I shouldn't not final four his college football playoff <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that he's got Pittsburgh in his college football playoff I thought that all was a joke <laughs> So, hold on. So, hold on. Oh, no, I thought it was a I, joke. I, I went home and wrote it down in my notes. No, diary listen, that listen, night. listen,
0: listen, listen, <laughs> listen. I've seen a picture of Desmond Howard circulating, floating around, but that was legit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't even. For the first time in my life, Austin, I'm almost speechless. <laughs> which I'm sure my wife and others would hope that to be true, but I'm not speechless. Sorry, folks.
1: He really pit Pittsburgh? Has anybody called him out on that? Famous? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they all have. Yeah, they. I think they made a running joke on the show he's on on ESPN. They, I think they brought it back up so people could make fun of him. Oh
0: wow! <laughs> so thanks to Desmond Howard, that's a big game for Louisville Pittsburgh.
1: Oh yeah, Pittsburgh's yeah, absolutely. You know they. Uh, I think they're 17th right now uh, preseason. Are they really? Yeah, they. And they got the USC uh, transfer quarterback at Sloven. So uh, they're expecting big things uh, uh, according to Desmond Howard. <laughs> I mean, come on, Desmond Pittsburgh. Here's the worst part I think about it is it, not only did he have Pittsburgh in there, uh, he didn't have Ohio State or Alabama in there. All right, we don't even need to talk anymore about that. That's all blasphemic. That, uh, that <laughs> as a player, actually, he didn't have phenomenal. He didn't have Georgia in there either. Texas A and M was his. SEC. That's
0: a Nimrod statement. Texas A and M was his SCC team. Those are all Nimrod statements and picks by him. That's absurd. <laughs> I never thought in my life I could say the word Nimrod in Desmond Howard. (laughs) But when you – it ain't even who he picked. It's who he didn't pick. (laughs) How do you not pick those certain teams? I don't know. So I want to get back to Malik Cunningham here. I want to pull that sheet back up. Shout out to the person that wrote this. It says, Cunningham is second in school history in career rushing yards among quarterbacks. He is currently sixth in school history among all players in rushing yards. 585 rushing yards this past season. If he receives, sorry, if he gets 585 rushing yards this season, he will leapfrog Howard Stevens, Lenny Lyles, Nathan Poole, and Walter Peacock to sit alone at second all-time in career rushing yards. Cunningham is currently fourth in school history in rushing touchdowns recorded. He needs 13 more this season past Lamar Jackson on all time career rushing touchdowns list. Through the air rare uh, company, he needs just 23 touchdowns this season to pass Chris Redmond. For the most career touchdowns, he currently sits at sixth all the time at the list. Pennaham is also sixth all time in passing yards. He's likely to move past some of the greatest ever in Louisville history, Dave Ragone, Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater, and Brian Braum this season. So with all that being said, too, on top of what we've already said about Malik, like, come on, man. Like it it uh, it's almost aggravating for me. For the kid to not get the credit that he freaking deserves for what he's done with think, what uh, he, they haven't had for for him to be able to accomplish that stuff statistically is insane.
1: I appreciate the your thought that he, you don't think he's gotten the credit. I mean, it, you know, I've been up and down, you know, but that's what it's your it's the quarterback. He's going to get the criticism. They're like the he's, they're like the head coach. Somebody's going to take the blame. He's going to get the blame even for a, a small mistake. He's I mean he's front and center of the team you know there's no it's L football right here uh from uh from september october november it's UFL football he's the guy um so he's gonna he's gonna get the blame and he's gonna get the highs um but like you know like we said before uh pieces are there this year i'm excited for the season that he should have that we want him to have i
0: like the way you said that should and and what we want have. yeah there yeah. you go so, what do you think about a 24 hour kickoff show?
1: Man, it's awesome. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to tune in. I mean, it just gets you that more amped up. Uh, you know, there's always radio and TV and there's just this and that and college football and this show. Week We're zero. About this, week zero. And it's just, it's so exciting. It, it gets you amped up. Uh, let's face it, I, football should be America's pastime. <laughs> Although baseball is. I don't know why. Um, but it's so it's exciting I'm excited for it. I can't wait uh louisville uh this is i I'm excited for the year I'm excited for the year that <laughs> i'm beating this I'm beating this up I'm excited for the year I expect them to have I'm excited for the year I want them to have. I love the moves that have been made. I love the new coordinators brought in. I love the the first-year uh, offensive coordinator, Lance Taylor. From Notre Dame. From Notre, he was now, run- he was
0: running back's coach there. He was there. running back's coach at Notre Dame. But to get him from – to get a coach from Notre Dame, I don't care. What people don't – people got to understand this. Notre Dame might not be what they once were, but nobody is. Notre Dame doesn't just hire nothing. Yeah. So for me, the uh, ups and downs that Louisville had the last three years to be able to get a coach from a university like that is is a very good sign of what could be and what's to come. Yeah. And now uh, with him being a running backs coach, how in favor of Malik Cunningham's running ability do you think that'll factor? Do you think they'll stray away from passing, or do you think they'll?
1: Was all, I mean, in the offense coordinator? You got to balance it out. He, but the, the the four running backs we have there are interchangeable. Any of them can. Can start. So and, but basically what basically uh, obviously you, we got a uh, obviously uh Ty Evan. So basically what they, you're He's saying, a transfer from yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. So, I mean, you, I think he had, he had like almost 600 yards at Tennessee before. Whatever uh, happened, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, Lance Taylor, I mean, you look at uh, what he did at Notre Dame. Um, the last two years he had uh, the running back at Notre Dame, Kyron Williams, uh, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, found, that
0: sounds – now, if – That's huge. If I'm a Louisville fan, that sounds very promising. I'll let you all ponder that by what I mean by if I'm a Louisville fan. But be that as it may, uh,
1: he rushed for a thousand two yards and fourteen touchdowns last season. Uh, and then as a redshirt freshman in twenty twenty, uh, and this is Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. We're talking about Lance Taylor, coach that we is now the offensive coordinator at Louisville, but he was running backs coach at Notre Dame. I mean, right. We're just kind of throwing out the, the Notre Dame running back stats because but, they follow Lance Taylor. Yeah. So like, if on the outside looking in, that sounds great. You know, like that's... And, and then I mean, he coached it. He coached the Carolina Panthers with the wide receivers, so he's got some. So he coached DJ Moore. Uh, he was a, a coach at Stanford, so he coached Christian McCaffrey mm. and Bryce Love. Mm. So the dude has put up. Num- I shouldn't say he's put up numbers. The players he that he's coached as his put tutelage as hell numbers, and now yeah. I mean, and what he's got at the running back uh, depth chart, Lance Taylor. I mean, here. here. We, pretty much, we, it was like, hey, man, this is what we got. Take it. Do what you do with it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> do what you know how to do right, with it. Right, 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 right. So we just got a couple. But of, it's also got to be a little bit more uh, creative. Let's hope. And I'm just excited with all, with everybody we're bringing in. There's been changes. The The transfer portal has been nice to us this off season. Yes. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited all the way down to the to the uh, to the director of strength and conditioning Ben Souters, who we who we plucked away from Georgia national champion Georgia So let
0: me ask you this can you give NIL deals to coaches <laughs>
1: <laughs> cuz if i was a player that would be NIL i'm i'm also excited for our freaking strength and condition coach please Whatever you're feeding those Georgia players and whatever weight training they have,
0: side note bring it over here. The uh, protein milks and drinks to University of Louisville Athletics. So I guess that's our fault if they don't perform. I'm just making a joke, man. We got we literally got two to three minutes left here. Um, I don't know about you, Austin, but I've had a good time, great time doing this. Couldn't be here, Antonio Dishman. Shout out to him. Antonio helps us on some stuff. He just wasn't able to make it today. Um, Antonio himself played a lot of years in football, had a bunch of NFL tryouts, played a lot of semi professional football and has won multiple um, state championships as a high school coach with Central over there at Scroggins. So shout out to him. Sorry he couldn't be here. What's your final thoughts and words on this season and what we've uh, been able to uh, ponder and put out there for them to hear?
1: I think there's uh, a new excitement in the air. There's obviously questions asked and answered. We all know. The whole city knows. The whole country knows. Yes. They will be answered. We will know probably a few weeks in. (laughs) Definitely. But I'm excited for it. Let's get it together. 12 and 0 national champions. you sound like Will Compton with Nebraska. <laughs> Let's be real here now. Austin. come on now. Come on now, man. 12 and 0. That's You're you're right. I didn't mean 12 and 0. I meant cuz 12 and 0 is regular season. Then you win the ACC championship. That's 13 and 0. And then you win the uh, first round. That's 14 and 0 and then you win the national championship. 15 and 0 national champions. Let's go. So, so take it
0: um so technically Georgia last year no, wait a second. They lost, didn't they?
1: Who did they lose to? SEC championship, man. Oh. Oh, yeah. Duh. And then they blew them out of the water. Yeah. Just ended on that. 15-0 national champions. <laughs> Come on! College football's back.
0: Take care, folks. <laughs> um, you can catch us at Football Kentucky DBA on Facebook and Twitter. Peace out.